Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And Milton died. Oh. R.I.P. Who's Milton Very again? Sa- How could you even say that? How could you even say that, Kieran? Have you not watched the movie we're covering today? I think today? I would have remembered if there was a character called Milton in the movie. Well, you obviously aren't paying attention. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Somber one, but a spoiler nonetheless. It certainly is. So, Manny D and I have just seen The Suicide Squad. It was a movie we predicted all the way back in 2021. It was uh, an interesting episode. We'll get into that in a sec. But now we're here today to see how well we did with predicting the plot all those years ago. So, it was a movie that we teamed up to do together. But it was our first ever circumstance of a movie we teamed up to do together where we're in separate locations. Yes. So, this episode happened. Happened pretty much in in our country when the COVID pandemic hit. In no, a big way. it was the year later. It was the year later. It was a year after. So we had a second wave of lockdowns in 2021. Right. So if you remember, we talked about this movie in 2021, yeah. not 2020, which is when uh, the original COVID lockdowns happened. But this was 2021. We had a second outbreak of COVID. Remember, it was the Delta strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Delta strain happened in 2021. We went into lockdown for a second time. And I believe it was a longer lockdown than we had originally, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. They kept just like extending the back it out was, of it. It was a more strict lockdown as well. That's right. We yeah, they previously. Were, they were much stricter. So, Maddie D and I were still able to record together all throughout the first 2020 lockdown. Yeah. So Somehow. The, the rules in our country were slightly different. We were like, oh, COVID's not a big thing in Australia as, as, as of other parts of the world. So, mm. you have to minimize your contact with the outside world. But if there are people that you, you're, you know, your family or people that you interact with a lot, then you can go over to their place or visit them. That is acceptable. Or if you're working. If you're working. And technically, this is work. Yeah, this, this is technically is, this work. This is hard work. So, we're able to record together. But then, then when the next- uh, 2021 lockdown. Hit, yeah. Because that lockdown was not enough. They were like, okay, no one can leave the house at all. That's right. And basically, People still the, did, by the way. The rules were you can't leave your house until you get vaccinated. So, they yeah. they basically just started rolling out the vaccine halfway through our lockdown. So, they're like, okay, if you want to start doing your podcast together, that's specifically how they uh, marketed <laughs> getting the vaccine. If you want to start doing your podcast together again, you're going to have to get the jab. Yes. And that kind of hit all within a few days. And I, that's remember, right. I remember us being like, well, what happens to the show? What do we do? Yeah. And, and it so, we was- were like scrambling to work out how to record episodes remotely. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a conversation where we were like, maybe we postpone the show or or something like that, or wait, because I think we remember I remember we waited a few days to see if it would clear up to see if we were, we yeah. were allowed to to visit each other or do something because we were told it was only going to be about a week or two weeks yes, most, yes. But then it ended up being about, geez, was it two or three months? Yeah. It was something like that. It was. It felt like forever. Yeah, it, was, it felt like half a year. That was more brutal than the initial lockdown because that's right. You really couldn't leave your house at all. Uh, they they allowed exercise in quotation marks. Yeah. Everyone exploited the shit out of. Yeah, everyone just went down to the park and had beers. Yes, that's essentially what happened. Thanks, I've never girl. seen the park so full. Yeah, well, I exercise in the park and I still did it during that pet, like during that lockdown, and I would see floods of people. And then the day the lockdown ended, everybody's gone. yeah, that's right. Everybody, Nobody was. Everybody's at the park. in their houses, funnily enough. But everyone got sick of their kids and needed them to like leave and so they went out and had beers in the park that was a big thing but but they were like people getting massive people probably getting together more during COVID yes. this has just become a COVID episode yes. rather than a suicide well we need episode. to talk about it but it, it impacted this episode that, that in a way. was going on. So, yeah, it was- uh, We were like, we don't know what to do. So, th- like, the next few episodes that we cover in our not actual the spoilers- one. Not the Yeah, no. But uh, it's kind of like an exploration in us- or, or a journey in us trying to figure out how we do it remotely. That's right. We worked it out eventually, we but did. this was our first episode ever recording remotely. And I love the sound of it. Like <laughs> It was rough. Listening back to it, I'm like, this is easily the worst quality episode we've ever done. And Matty D sounds like he's recording the episode on the toilet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like you're in a bathroom? It does. It does. And like it, the echo is so bad on Matty D's side. And it side. was so hard. And uh, you did a great job of like piecing it all together, Kieran. Yeah. We had to record the audio tracks separately and then I had to put them together like a puzzle. Yeah. And that was a huge pain. Yeah. And even us recording it together, it would be like we would say something and we'd say it over the top of each other and be like, okay, we need to, we yeah. need to stop here. So, we realized when we were recording that we couldn't talk at the same- So, we love talking over each other on this show. <laughs> it's a staple of this show now. But we realized if we talked at the same time as each other, we couldn't actually hear each other. So, if one of us was talking and the other talked, we couldn't hear each other. And so, we had to really pay attention to what each other was saying. There was also a delay in the audio. 
So um, I would be slightly a, a couple of seconds ahead of Matty D and he would be a couple of seconds behind. Yeah. And that made it really difficult. And that made the recording very, very stilted. Yeah. Listening like, back to it. It Kieran sounds like we've, we've never talked to each other before in our lives. <laughs> Kieran would have one of his many funny jokes or I'd have one of my very funny jokes and like the laugh would be delayed or something. Yeah. Like the reaction would be delayed. And that made it really hard. And also when we record these shows- we're together. Yeah, and, we look at each other. And we look at each other. We're less than a meter away from each other. I, I look at I look into Kieran's beautiful green eyes. He looks into my eyes. Uh, so, there's, it, there's something different about when you're not looking at each other. Yeah. And, like, the little physical cues that you miss. That's like, right. You can tell when someone's about to say something or you can get energy from something. And it's. I personally found it so hard recording that episode in particular mm. because I didn't see your face. I, yeah, I, I was I, the same. I didn't have a person to talk to. It, it just it threw me off so much. And you were battling with your own sort of like technical issues on your side. Yes. You had to try for the first time to like manage your audio. Which, yeah. You know, didn't work out too successfully, but you know, it was better than nothing. And I didn't have the equipment uh, no. in my house. So it was very hard. And I was just using, you know, just simple things like just a, a laptop. Shit microphone. Yes. Yes. Uh, trying to make it work. And so we'll talk about it in future episodes when we do it again. But we, we ended up just patching in my phone. So Matty D would just call me up like it's a phone conversation. And I just patched his phone into our, our mixing console. And that ended up being a lot better because it, we just pretended like it was a phone conversation. Yeah. It's easy to talk to people over the phone. It is. So it ended up being better in person. But when we're actually trying to record two separate audio streams, which I understand a lot of podcasters do all the time, but this was very much a, a brand new thing for us, something neither of us had ever done before. So yeah, it was like we were doing a podcast for the first time. It, it was not a fun experience. No. And it, I think it took a lot of joy out of the episode for us as well, as yes. in like the joy of doing the prediction. And it was so hard to have energy. It was so hard to get excited yeah. Or, or, yeah, it was just hard all around. And I remember after that episode, I was like, well, that sucked, but it's okay because we're only going to be here for a week. Yeah. So it'll it's be gonna fine. It's going to be a one-off thing. It'll be a one-off thing. And it wasn't a one-off thing. No. But how did we know that? And I guess also being in our, in our homes and being isolated as we were, that probably did something to our personal- uh, Sexual yeah. virility. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, what I thought you were going to say. It was very hard to get excited talking about movies when you'd been in- indoors. Oh, it, we, it's also very hard to get excited about talking about movies when movies weren't coming out and we weren't <laughs> able to go see them. Yes. So, our cinemas were closed for months here. The movies were coming out in like the US- but we couldn't see them. So what they ended up having to do, and we'll talk about it with this movie, was they had to have simultaneous uh, on-demand releases with cinematic releases because there were just places in the world where people just couldn't get to cinemas. And so they were like, well, Hollywood was obviously like, well, shit, all of our movies are going to fail if it's only like one country that can go and see them. Once upon a time, that was all they needed was just one country to go and see the movies. Back in the 40s, in the 50s, the golden age of Hollywood, a movie would have like a $600,000 budget and then it would make like triple that just in American revenue alone. And they didn't even care about overseas markets. Now, fast forward to, you know, 2023. It's a different world. 2021, as the case is with the Suicide Squad, they're like, they rely on those overseas markets. So, this movie was released simultaneously in cinemas in the US and on demand here. So, I, I remember when the movie came out, I rented it on, on demand. I don't think Matty D saw it until, like, he had to a couple of years later. I saw it when it came to streaming services. Okay. So, uh, it would have been months later. Because was this was a movie I was excited for. So, I had, like, a watch party. It wasn't really a, a movie I was excited to see at all, to be honest. So... How well, with all that in mind, how well do you think this movie did in the worldwide box office? Oh, dude, I don't know. Do you want to know the budget yeah. as well? So, the movie had a $185 million budget. Oh, that's, that's- released during COVID too. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Uh, COVID's got to affect it. 180 did you say? Mm-hmm. $185 million. Uh, I'm going to guess it made, I don't know, man, like 100 mil. A hundred million. Okay, so you're lowballing it a little bit because it made a hundred and sixty-eight point seven million dollars. Okay, so shy of its initial budget, it was the movie was considered a flop when it was released. Yep. But that was largely due to COVID, of course. That's not a bad figure for COVID. And I think it was the third most rented movie on video on demand when it was released as well. So that had to have made it a lot of money as well because that isn't cheap. Yeah. I think they said something like 4 million or so people. I could be completely pulling these figures out of my ass. Like 4.6 million people watched it on demand within the first like three days of its release. And if you think about how much it costs to watch something on demand, it's like anywhere between twenty and thirty dollars. So thirty times four point, you know, seven million dollars or whatever the figure was. 
that's not chump change. No. Probably not as good as like a regular box office would be, but still. Yeah, and a lot of people enjoyed this movie. There was a lot It was critically fun. acclaimed when yeah. it came out. I high, was very surprised. Price, yeah. I was very surprised when the movie came out how how like how well it did critically. Yeah, people saying it was the best Suicide Squad movie, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's not a high bar. Well, it might be a high bar for some people. Could be. So we're not here to really talk about the success of the movie or really the actual plot of the movie. We're here to talk about how well we did teaming up and predicting the plot of the movie together. Oh, boy. And so, as we've explained already, this was an episode we teamed up to do together, even though we were recording remotely. So, Matty D, would you be so kind as to explain how we score these episodes? We like to score these episodes in order to get a numeric score, a numeric figure for how well we did. Like, the bigger the number, the better, (laughs) as is the case in most circumstances. Can you explain (laughs) how it works in these circumstances? Sure, sure. And I love because we were working remotely, we decided to do it together because we thought it'd be easier. Yeah. It may have been harder just to- sort of come to compromises and things mm. like that. It'd be interesting to to know what would have happened if we did split plots there, but we did it together because- Oh, I would have known what would have happened we, if we did we split thought, plots. Uh, well, yeah. But we, we thought doing it together would have been easy under this circumstance. So, we've looked at everything we've said in the movie and we've split the workload between us. I'm covering what we got right in the mm-hmm. movie and I'm giving a point to everything we got right. Kieran yep. has covered everything we got wrong and, and a point yeah. for everything we got wrong. I, I somehow think there's going to be more of one than the other. I think mm. one of our work—that's usually how it works—is is what was more than the other. But yeah, then we're going to tally all those up, and then based on the ratios there, we can see if this is a success story or a failure for our predicting powers. That's exactly right. Interestingly enough, something we don't really do in team up episodes. Right at the start of this episode, we actually both shared individually what we thought the direction of the movie was going to be. Yes. And I thought our individual predictions were like night and day because your initial impressions of what the movie was going to be were so different from my impressions. Yeah. And I feel like, not to toot my own horn, my initial impressions, while I didn't get like every detail 100% correct, the way I laid out what I thought the plot was going to be was pretty much exactly the movie. And then you had like a radically different idea, which was less so the movie, but had some elements in it. Yeah. Well, I think the difference was I didn't pick up on the fact that there were two teams That's right. I think that was the only difference. I had a very- When we do these team-up episodes, I kind of don't- I try to have an open mind. I kind of have like, oh, here where I think the beats are, but I'm not going to commit myself to thinking about what it'll be like fully fleshed out. So, I came in with the idea of, I think they're going to team up. I think they're going to fight Starro. I think that's what that's what the whole movie is going to build up be like them. If you haven't listened to that original episode, I strongly urge you to go back and listen to all these points. Yeah, just to see what we're talking about. Yeah, and you're going to be missing out a lot too. But I, yeah, I came in with an open mind to sort of see what you picked up on, and thank God you did because I think you picked up on a lot of what the movie actually yeah. had in it. Yeah, I spent a lot of time analysing those trailers, which is something I don't really do for team-up movies, but I think I just put more effort in back then, <laughs> to be honest. Back then. Nowadays, it's like, oh, a team-up episode, oh, minimal effort, don't have to think too much about it because we'll flesh it out together. Mm. The problem is, if we put too much effort in before doing a team-up episode, we come in with really strong ideas yes. and then we butt heads. Yes. Because we're both set on what we think is going to happen. Yes. And then when that happens, it might as well just be like- <laughs> We might as well just do separate plot predictions. And then we have to leave the show angry at each yeah. other for a week and we don't talk to each other. And one of us has to send a text being like, like extending it all Sorry, man. I, I feel like I was too hard on you that episode. <laughs> but yeah. I always forgive Maddie D yeah, for being too hard on me. me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now, interestingly enough, we were told in the pre-release material that Taika Waititi would be playing Starro yes, in this movie as wrong. well as Ratcatcher. He was not Starro in this movie. No. He was not related to Starro at all, which no. I thought was interesting. Even going back and re-watching the movie for this episode, I was just like, was Taika Waititi Starro in this movie again? And I was like, no, that was a lie that we were told. So, I just think that's important to clear up given uh, our conversation in the previous episode. Also, we didn't really, like, that didn't really tie into our plot too much. Really. So, I'm glad that wasn't, you know, too much of an influence. But let's see how well we did. Matty D, you covered everything we got right. Okay. Let's spend most of the episode discussing that. Strap yourself in, Kieran. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible because there is a lot. This was a good day for us. All right. So, firstly, this is when we were talking about the characters and what the characters- What the character's role in the movie was going to be. Their impact on the plot. Is a lot of the episode, by the way, I've noticed. It always is. We kind of combine our knowledge of the characters together and we kind of discuss that. So, the first thing we said is there's going to be no explanation for the rotten tattoo on Harley Quinn being removed, which is true. That's That's a point for us. We said that Harley Quinn- Uh, It was actually removed. I was wrong. I said that it wasn't in uh, this movie, but also wasn't in Birds of Prey. Okay. So, it's obviously a carryover from that. Okay, but truthfully- There's no explanation. There's no explanation and it's removed, so- that by itself is right. 
I mean, actually, thinking back now, it may have been in Birds of Prey, but I it definitely wasn't in this movie. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. It's in been this so movie. long since we've covered Birds of Prey on this show. <laughs> uh, you know, and I don't think there was an explanation for it in Birds of Prey if it was removed either. There we go. Anyway, we said Harley Quinn would need to be rescued in the movie, which is true. Mm-hmm. Point. I think that's something you called, so that was right. We said that Harley Quinn would be given a lot of attention, a lot of the funny lines, and would have a comedic relationship with Bloodsport. And for lack of a better word, be the main character. I know she's not technically the main yeah, character. Yeah, we'll get into that when we cover what we got wrong. She's kind of the star. She's kind of a, a huge focal point. Kind of point. the star is a good description because yeah. she's barely in the movie. She is. And I think that's something they did right in this movie yes. and something they had to learn about because I love Margot Robbie and I love Harley Clearly Quinn. Clearly hasn't seen Barbie yet. As- <laughs> I'm excited about I'm Barbie. I'm excited about Barbie. Margot Robbie was great in Barbie, she's, by the way. As we said in the episode, she's always good in everything. Yes. Even if the movie's bad, she's good in it. Correct. Uh, and I think that's something we said that was so accurate. I remember listening back to that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of true. Looking at every movie she's done, she's always good. So, yeah. I always, but as Harley Quinn, you were saying. Harley Quinn, I like her, but there She's have good been, in small doses. Yes. She needs to- She can't be- overpowering the movie, which there are some movies that she does overpower it. And that's not not just Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I think that's like Harley Quinn, the character in, you know, different iterations. Like I remember watching a a Batman cartoon where it was all Harley Quinn. I was like, this is is too obnoxious. This is too much. So they finally learned in this movie how to handle her as a character. That's right. Yeah. And I think they did a great job personally of uh, having enough Harley Quinn for it to be good and then not having too much Harley Quinn yeah. for it to be overpowering. And not making her the hero and not make, you know, she was exactly what she needed to be, but yes. she was still a standout, so I do still count it. As yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I don't refute any of what you said. Yeah, and that's three points in total for everything there. We said that we would see Bloodsport. So, then we discussed our Bloodsport shooting Superman with the Kryptonite bullet, but then we settled on the fact that we wouldn't see it mm-hmm. and that this would happen before the movie takes place. So, they yep. discuss it and and we we- sort of understand that this has happened before in the past. Uh, and we also said that he would take Will Smith's place in the movie. He would be- He literally does. Which is, the, which is the case. He would sort of fit that role in the movie. So, but- originally, he was cast as Deadshot. Yeah. Before they changed him to Bloodsport to further separate themselves from the, the previous movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which, as we said, standalone sequel. They really didn't want people thinking about that previous movie <laughs> with this one. Yeah, I love the idea of standalone sequel. Is it's a sequel, but we but the previous movie is not successful. No yeah, one liked right. the previous movie. If the previous movie was good and everyone liked it, then it's a sequel. If the previous yeah, movie right. sucked, and there is enough good components that they want to make a sequel, then it's standalone. And we'll throw in a whole heap of references to that previous movie. But I like these. I like this concept of standalone sequel because then they just don't have to you know rehash the plot of the first movie again. I hate it. I hate this idea because I, I know what you're saying, but because like you can sort of start again and you can kind of be your own movie, but. I think it's very, like, to just kind of hand wave what you did before and be like, oh, no, no, oh, don't worry about This it. has been done so many times, Matty D. I guess so. But- Specifically with straight-to-video sequels back in the uh, 80s and 90s, they were almost never connected in a, in a significant way to the first movie. It was yeah. just, like, the same concept, but some, a lot of the times they'd have different characters or they'd have different actors playing the same characters and exploring different things. So, this isn't new. It's more so n- new and unique in our current age where everything ties together. I guess so. And I guess they did that in Westerns and things like that. I just think for this movie, True. it's interesting that they would have called it a sequel if it was successful, but because it, people had bad impressions of that first movie, yes. they're just like, oh, well, no, we're going to pretend it doesn't Let's not forget sequel. it won an Academy Award, the first <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad movie. True. For best makeup, wasn't it? I don't can't remember. Was I think it, it was best. Was no, it? it wasn't best soundtrack. Definitely wasn't best soundtrack. I think it was best makeup for Killer Croc. CG Killer Croc. No, he was practical. Was he practical? Yeah, he was practical. It's been so long since I watched that movie. Well, good for them. Anyway. Anyway, back to- Go back into what we got yeah. right. Okay, we then discussed uh, Blood Sports, how he would fare at the end of the movie, and we mm-hmm. settled on the fact that he would live at the end of the movie- Yep. I was wrong there. No bonus point for me. You were so confident that he would die. Because you were just like, just you wait until a movie comes out. I might have bragging rights. Yes. And and I was wrong. I, I can admit when I'm wrong and I was wrong there. I kind of saw him having like a heroic sacrifice death. Doesn't happen. He does live. But with something we settled on. So it was right. I love everything we given settled the, on. Given the setup for his character, as I said in the yeah. original episode, given the setup for his character, I didn't think there was any way they could do that. Wow. 
I, I had a different impression, but- Because otherwise it makes the movie a waste of time. <laughs> I kind of love all our compromises during the episode end up yeah. working out for us. Yes. Which is very, very interesting and very rare for us. Yes. Usually it happens the other way around. Usually we compromise and we end up being wrong. We, but this was like- a very rare set of sets of us compromising in, a, in, in our favor. And I love that we compromise and sometimes we're like, well, I agreed with you last time, so we'll go with uh, we'll go with what I said and it ends yeah. up being right, like vice yeah, versa. Yeah. And usually it's the other way around. We usually are so close to being right and then we pick the wrong choice. We'll get into Polka.Man in a second. <laughs> anyway, just as an overall point, we were right on the entire personality of Peacemaker. It was Correct. something we had help for, but we said he was a howdy doody, yeah. black and white. Well, his characterization was bag. very much unique to this movie. That's mm. not like It's not like how he was in the comic at no, all. No, not at all. In fact, a lot of these characters are so different from the, the comic. Yeah, correct. They, they took a lot of creative licensing here. So, point for that. Uh, funnily enough, we spoke about Peacemaker dying. Uh, but we we knew the TV show was coming up, so it made mm. us question it. But then we decided that we're like, okay, they're trying to throw us off with the TV show. So, we actually settled on he does die. Yeah. Now, I know in the end of the movie, it turns out that he's alive. But yeah. I'm going to say- We're given the impression that he is yeah. dead and that's, for a lot of the ending of the movie. That's like an after credit scene as well. Correct. So, I'm going to say that, and this is something you can say that we got wrong equally, but he does die in the movie- so, I give us a point. Technically. <laughs> Even though okay. he's brought back to life. Although we're given the impression he dies in the movie. So, yes. that's something- I think we're so close there that I think it deserves a point. So, you're pointing out that we're not 100% right. Because this no. is something we did get wrong as well, which I will cover. Which is fair. I think it's a point right and a point wrong. But here. since we're led to believe that he died and we're not, re- and it's not revealed that he didn't die until the very end- Not even the end of the movie. It's the after credits. That's right. So, in the whole movie, we're led to believe he's dead. Because it does look like he dies. Yes. So, yeah, I guess that it is worth making that A point that we got right, but it will counterbalance with what we got wrong. Next thing we said is that Rick Flagg would be the butt monkey. He'd be a boring guy. Uh, pretty much he everything. He's just there to hold their him. leash. Yeah. yeah. Everything we said is right. So, But didn't we also say that he'd be more interesting than he was in the previous movie? We did, yeah. We so, get, yeah. He had more personality than the previous movie. And had. that was true. He had a fun shirt. So, yeah, that's true. So, everything we said about Rick Flagg was, was pretty correct. Yeah. On par. So, it gives a point for that. We said that, okay, here's something interesting. We said that King Shark would have the most brutal kills. Now, he definitely has competition, but I would say tearing a person in half- Yeah, that's right. Definitely makes him a contender. Or so, he had that guy's head in his mouth. Yes. He, he eats people alive. Yeah. He, like, rips off Mateo Suarez's- No, it wasn't Mateo Suarez. It's a different guy. Like, he bites off this guy's head, and the guy is still alive. Like, his head is severed. Yes. It's sitting in King Shark's mouth, and he's, like, looking around as he, like, bites down at him. That's pretty brutal. It is. It is. There's a lot of brutal kills in this movie, but King Shark might yeah. have it. So, I'll give us a point for that. So, then when we were talking about King Shark, how he would fare at the end of the movie, we were talking about whether he would die, whether he wouldn't, and we settled on he would live- we were pretty confident that he would live. Yes, which is true. Which is true. It does. We sort of talked about a lot of the characters, whether they'd live or die. And for the most part, we were right. Yeah. We then talked about Waller. We said that she'd just- Amanda be- Waller, that Amanda is. Amanda Waller, that's yeah. right. The wall, that should be the person in charge. She'd be primarily- Well, at- that's an easy point. She'd be- Well, it's true. She'd be primarily- I mean, they could they could have changed that. True. We, we didn't know, Right. That that trailer was so action packed it could have been could have gone anywhere. So we said she would primarily be at like a headquarters, safe away from the action, and always be threatening to kill. Bell them. Reeve is where she's at. Yeah, and always be threatening to kill them if they didn't comply. So uh, two points there because that's pretty much the case. We then talked about Boomerang, who had a pretty terrible, in my opinion, Australian accent. It was very over the top for an Australian. What are you doing, man? Australians always do that. You didn't have a problem with Kano doing that in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Kano had a charm to it. It was kind of like corny. I, maybe I should maybe I shouldn't have a problem with Boomerang doing it, but for some reason it was grating to me. Anyway, Boomerang okay, okay. does- you're not, allowed, you're not allowed to like Kano's grading Australian accent, but they're not like Captain Boomerang's grading accent. I'm allowed- You can't have swings and roundabouts. I'm allowed to like whatever I like. I'm allowed to be as as inconsistent as I want to Whenever an be. Australian actor has to play an Australian in the movie, they always do a really over-the-top sort of like combination of a Queensland and a Melbourne accent. <laughs> See, I don't remember- What Boomer- he is painted on your face, mate. <laughs> I don't remember Boomerang's accent being bad in the last movie that he was in. Probably just don't remember it. Maybe I just don't remember it. But anyway, to what we got right about Boomerang, he does die. And he dies uh, right at the start. It was yep. something we discussed. We're like- well, you know, he was in the previous movie. They, they must make him live. This was something you guessed uh, or you you kind of had a strong feeling. It was an educated guess. It was an educated guess. But he does die. We're right there. We said that the thinker, now we spoke about the thinker, played by Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, Peter Capaldi, yeah. Yeah, would be recruited to help the Suicide Squad against his will. 
And isn't exactly- So, he's recruited by the Suicide Squad to help them against his will. Yeah. yeah which he, is true. He isn't actually a part of their team, which is true. Mm, it's and, in the trailer. And it's his knowledge of Starro that they need. So, two sets of points mm-hmm. there. I had a like mental note here that Taika Waititi was not Starro. We yeah. already covered that. <laughs> yes. Because I was going to be like, that wasn't Starro, right? But I couldn't remember. I was like, it didn't sound like Taika Waititi. Anyway. So, I'm glad we cleared that up. But he is Ratcatcher's father. Uh, we described Starro as being telepathic, a telepathic alien who shoots mm-hmm. mini starfish out and causes chaos and is the big bad of the movie. Yep. Series of points there that we pretty much nailed that the only thing we didn't discuss was the fact that the starfish, the mini starfish are like a, a mind control device. On yeah, people. they attach to people's faces and then they become like a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Like all the people who are possessed by Starro become a hive mind and become like minions of Starro. Which is something I knew from the comics, which I'm- It really- was something I knew as well, weirdly enough. Which is, yeah, I was really upset that we didn't bring it up on the show. Yeah, well, we had too much points. to talk about. Yeah, and again, doing it in distance, you sort of forget to mention things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's how I felt. But uh, yeah, but you know, we're right on mostly everything else. So, I knew about that whole, like, Starro sort of sending out miniature starfish and attaching to people's faces from a Batman ride that I went on. Oh, really? It was a Justice League ride that they had. I believe it was at Movie World here on the Gold Coast in Queensland. There was a a Justice League ride where you're sitting in a little car and you have, like, a little laser gun and one of those sort of, like, (laughs) laser gun shooting rides. Where you have to go and you have to shoot all the uh, the the stars off people's faces. Oh. And this was years and years ago. Can't remember how long ago it was now, but I remember being like, what the fuck is going on in this ride? Why have these people got starfish on their faces? <laughs> and in this movie, when the starfish is on their face, they're dead. That's right. They're dead. So, so they're there just were, animated corpses. There were children who were dead in this That's movie. That's right. There were innocent people who were dead in this movie. That's correct. Due to the Suicide Squad, even. Because it was yeah. their fault that Starro was, like, released. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Dark turn. The whole movie was pretty dark, buddy D. <laughs> yes. That was just one element of a pretty dark movie. Anyway, the next point we discussed, we made a compromise here, or at least Kira did by agreeing with me, mm. that uh, Polka Dot Man would die. So, no, I told you so today, which is what you said if, I, if we were wrong here. Polka Dot Man does mm. die. That's a point there. We said that Ratcatcher would be the heart of this movie, which is true. Yeah, more or less. She would survive and have a close relationship with Bloodsport, which is true. She would also have a pet rat, which is true. Can we you also- believe- This is something you're not going to believe, Eddie. Can you believe they actually used real rats when filming the scenes? Oh, really? It just looked like CGI the whole time. That's- I swear it was CGI 90% cool. of the time, but they had two credited rat actors. <laughs> not rat catchers, rat actors in this movie. So, so, the rat that waved, that was done for real? Yeah, that was done for real. No, yeah. it wasn't. No, that was- We thought it was going to be an animatronic rat. But it turns out, no, it was just CGI. Oh. I think, actually, we were seeing the real rat in the trailers and, and were thinking, like, well, that doesn't look very real. <laughs> and then in the actual movie, they replaced it with CGI because I think they were like, well, it looks a bit strange. Right. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, it's weird that they had- So, again, we talked about this with uh, Cruella. They had real dogs in the movie, but they kept replacing them with CGI dogs. So, it's the same here with the rat. I don't think it hurt the movie. Though. No, it definitely didn't hurt the movie because most of the movie was CGI anyway. Yeah. So, you sort of believe it in that world. I mean, when there's a giant starfish running around, like yeah. CGI rats are like, whatever. Yeah, it fits the tone of the movie. So, I wouldn't say it's detrimental. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, yeah. Back to Rat Catcher. We also mentioned that she uses rats as a weapon. So, that's yeah. correct. So, points all around- Rat Catcher 2, mind you. That Rat Catcher 2. I mean- we do see Ratcatcher one early on, or <laughs> needle in his as, arm. A, as a as a flashback or as a as a, memory, a childhood flashback. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We got a childhood yeah. flashback in the movie. But yeah, if I refer to anybody as Ratcatcher, that's who I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. About. Okay. We said that Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson, was there f- just for the body count and would essentially die. God, yep. is that right? That's yep. all he did. That's really all he did, actually. Yep. He didn't even have any real lines. Yep, he's dead. We also said that T He was stuck next he was stuck next to the weasel on the uh, helicopter ride over. That's true. And That's thought it was a werewolf. Yeah. So he had that line. He had that line, yeah. He also mimed like getting the gun out and being just a real idiot. Yeah, TDK would die unceremoniously. So that's true. Oh yeah. Point <laughs> Does there. he ever? I like that his his powers just like his arms pop off, they float over and he just starts like lightly slapping. The uh, the soldiers and then they just shoot his arms and he's lying on the ground spitting up blood. I love I love that we discussed that that was a character that a fan sent in. Like, yeah, that's this right. Child drew this character was like, look at this character, and the artist was just like, or whoever worked in the company was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll put him in the comic and make him a joke. Yeah, <laughs> like how mean is that really? Yeah, that's pretty mean. And take all. The I money. hope that same child watched this movie and were like, that's my character. That's my character. <laughs> and then he was just lying on the ground in pain, played by the captain of Firefly. That's right. It was Nathan Fillion, wasn't it? Yeah, always good to see him in a movie. Uh, we said the weasel would be played for comic relief and would die. 
Yeah. I give us two points because, again, we know he doesn't die, but yeah, in the yeah, movie, we're led to believe he does. But yes. Essentially comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Essentially he doesn't do relief. anything else. The next character we spoke about was the Calendar Man, who we said was going to be just a cameo. This is something you said. Yep. We also said he would be in jail, which is true. I, I didn't- He was uh, James Gunn in the movie. Yeah. I didn't see him when I first watched this movie, and the next time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, that's Calendar Man with the head tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, James Gunn cameo as well, which- yes. uh, Did we mention that James Gunn was going to yes, be- Yeah, did. okay, so yeah, cool. We did mention it. And it was 100% correct. Yeah, because he was in the casting list there. Yeah, that's James right. James Gunn yeah. was playing the calendar man. We said that the savant would- And be- I, I'm sorry, I just realized yeah. as well, you said at the time, I can't see calendar man being in this movie. How are they going to use him? And I, and that's when I said, oh, it'll just be a cameo yeah. in jail. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, that, that Great was compromise. It. Yeah, that was it. Because you can't really do anything with Calendar Man in this kind of movie. And it's no. Already a sta- it's already a stacked cast. They're not sending him out on missions. Yeah, it's a stacked roster. and like, But yeah, so Cameo is- uh, Long Halloween was the comic book he's from, is that correct? Yeah, he's in a bunch of them, but Long Halloween is one of them. Yeah, because I've actually read Long Halloween since recording uh, that last episode in yeah. this one. So now I know who Calendar Man is. Yeah, he's also in the Arkham games as well, briefly. Okay, you yeah. Can visit him I've only there. just started playing those, so I uh, haven't seen Calendar Man at this stage. Yeah. He's referenced in all of them. You can actually meet him in, in different times, in different sort of holidays. He's like, he has like like a Christmas oh, sort of thing going on. You can visit his cell and he's like dressed up for Christmas and stuff. Oh, there you go. Or, or he says something about, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's a conversation for a different podcast. Back to the suicide. <laughs> we'll never have. Yeah. The the savant we talk about. Um, yeah. Played by Michael Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker's character. Yes. We said that he would die too and die early, which is true. Points there. Mm-hmm. The trailer led us to believe he wouldn't, but- The trailers were painting him to be, like, the main character, more or less, or a main character. And what a twist. Which is such a huge lie. What a twist. Like, he ends up being the biggest wuss out of everybody. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know how I would deal with if, you know, the, uh, an army was attacking me. But, you know, he he just cracks and leaves and he's- Yeah, and he gets blown up by Amanda Waller. We also breeze past uh, Javelin and is her name Mogul? Mongol. Mongol. Who we said both die for the body count, so points there as well. We agreed- I like how you're like, I think Mongol is going to betray the Suicide Squad. I'm like, no, she's not going to be in the movie that long, man. Well, I mean, Blackguard did. Yes, that's true. So, but only in a very minor way. Yeah, yeah. So, almost, almost right. I mean, there was a betrayal, but it wasn't the right character. Uh, we ended up agreeing and said that there would be- Well, agreeing, I agreed with you. And said that there was going to be two squads- Mm-hmm. Uh, and Harley Quinn would be part of both of them. Yeah. That is true. Point there. Same with Randall Flagg, of course. Yes, absolutely. Rick Flagg as well. Rick, Rick, is it Rick Flagg or Randall Flagg? I thought it was Rick Flagg. Shit, Randall Flagg's the villain in The Stand. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, sure. No, that was uh, that was the- Oh, that, that's a different thing. That was The Dark Tower. Right. So, he's the same character, though. Oh, okay. So, he's a reoccurring bad guy in the Stephen King universe. He wears, like, double denim. He's like the mysterious- yeah, he's, Devil. A, he's, he's a demon, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Rick Flagg is who I was thinking of. <laughs> Randall Flagg. Yes. Uh, now, now we start talking about the plot, by the way. Now is when we start talking oh, about wow. the pl- plot. Okay. How incredible. Now, we said that the movie is going to start with a 70s classic rock song. I believe it does. It does, right? yeah. So, I'll give us a point for that. Now you It starts s- with Johnny Cash, actually. Yeah. It's a Johnny Cash song. I think so. Which he performed in prison. Wow. That's kind of cool. Now, you said that A-Team would be made up of uh, Savant, uh, mm. DK, Face, TK, Murdoch. TDK, yep. Weasel, Animal. pretty much everyone who's in that team. So, that's that's correct. And you said it's going to exclude uh, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, Bloodsport. Peacemaker. Jesus. And, and Peacemaker, which we mentioned later yeah, on. Yeah, because I forgot about him. We forget Peacemaker. But yeah, essentially called these two teams. And I give us a point for everybody we got right in each respective team. Oh, very there, nice. Making a total of five there points. We said all the other characters would be part of Team B, which is true. Give us a point there. We said that uh, Team A is sent to Corto Maltese mm-hmm. to take uh, to take out General Mateo. Mateo. Giving us our first action scene. And they would all be killed at the start. So, series of points there. Yeah. It's like we're describing the movie at this stage. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, this is going to spoil a lot for you. And don't forget, this is all from my initial impressions as well. This is your initial impression. So, I'm counting everything you got right in the initial impressions Mm. that we agreed on. Yeah. Because I said some stuff and then you said some stuff. And then I was kind of- We met in the middle. Yeah. I was kind of agreeing along the way. So, this is like your your kind of side of things that I'm agreeing with you. Mm. Team B survives and has to rescue Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg. 
Uh, Rick Flag, he has, they have to save a little earlier than Harley Quinn. Points, two points there. Mm-hmm. We said that everyone in because I saw in the trailer that Rick Flag was with them rescuing Harley yes, Quinn. So yes. of course they had to rescue yes, him first. Yes. At this point, you add Peacemaker to the team, which I give you a point for, which mm-hmm. I give us a point for. Sure. We also said that they would uh, discover Starro. Now their actual mission is to destroy the building and the evidence, and sort of protect America's involvement for the whole experiments, but that's right. Yeah. Sort of enough on the right case for us for me to give us a point there. So from what I understand, America it was a whole American project, Stara, and it turns out that the Corto Maltese people just took it over. Yeah, so what so the the plot of the movie is America finds Starro in space, wants mm-hmm. to sort of experiment and discover it and use it as a weapon. They don't want to do it in American soil, so they put it in um, Corto Maltese, Corto Maltese yeah. which they're allied with at the time. There's a military coup Ooh, in yep. which Mateo takes over Corto Maltese, and now he's in charge of the experiment. It was actually uh, Silvio Luna who takes over who was as presidency. Mateo's- It was his, uh, his just colleague- Right, okay. He was the young guy that Harley Quinn fell in love with. And then Mateo Suarez was the guy with the mustache who took over once uh, Silvio was killed. Oh, I thought Mateo was the suave guy that- uh, He might as well be, given how he impacts our plot. Yeah. So, yeah. for the purposes of our prediction, right. they're the same character. Because he kind of takes over. Mateo. Yeah. 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 From Silvio. From Silvio. Yeah. Silvio Luna is the original president, and then yeah. Mateo takes over once he's killed. So, yeah. Which we're right about anyway. It's just like different characters. But that's essentially what happens in the movie, and so- so, the Suicide Squad is sent there to destroy this building because they don't want any evidence of the fact yeah, that that's right. all these terrible things to reach, you know, the American- And there's public. like a hard drive with all this information on it. This movie was surprisingly anti-American. Yes. All yeah. the way through. That was a big theme uh, of and the movie. Yeah, like a really strong theme and really bold for a movie like this to kind of do. Yeah, not what you're expecting from this sort of movie. And I think a lot of the a lot of the crazy and silliness kind of disguises the fact of how anti-American it is. I yeah. think they get away with it because of that. But yeah, when you look at the subtext, it's like, this is very anti-American. Yeah. Interesting. It's sort of like a, a, a take on uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and in America's involvement in any that. American involvement in yeah Vietnam, yes. all of those things. It's, it, could, you could be, it could be a lot of things. Now, we said that earlier on in the movie, we would see all of the teams being recruited. So, mm-hmm. everybody, all the characters, and we get an introduction to each character as they're getting recu- recruited to the Suicide Squad. We said that they would all bond together mm-hmm. uh, in the plane. This is primarily Team A, by the way, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. And we said that when they touch down, they would get attacked and all die except for Harley Quinn and Rick Rick Flagg and technically the weasel, even though we thought he died. So, that is a series of five points all in a row there because that's correct. We said that Mateo, and in our plots, Mateo is sort of- Silvio and Mateo, yeah. Yeah, whatever. As confusing as that sounds. We said that he would be a sleaze with no redeeming qualities. He kills children, so I would say that's pretty- That would qualify That's Silvio you're talking about? Yeah, Silvio, that would qualify And then Mateo uh, burns that whole aviary of parrots (laughs) for no reason at all. So, I'd say that's something that we get right now. Silvio, who we refer to as Mateo in our plots- Mm. is sort of a privilege. So, he was a, a, an amalgamation of both characters in our yeah, plots. Yeah, so, so, we spoke about both characters as though they were one character. Yes, yes. So, him in, in the movie, he's kind of like a privileged dictator. He's sort of lived a life of luxury and he doesn't value human life. Correct. And he's doing a lot of things just to maintain and keep power. Pretty unredeemable, in my opinion, and pretty accurate to how the movie represents him as well. Yep. And we said that he'd have a romantic interaction or interest in Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Now, debatable if it's romantic or just lust or just like a power grab because he wants the people to love him because they love Harley Quinn because she's like a symbol in that country. Okay. Uh, But, you know, it's correct. Um, I give us a point for that because- That was a part of the movie that really confused me and I thought it was a little bit of a diversion that we didn't really need, but we can talk about that later. I guess it led to some fun stuff later. Yeah, yeah, It was like a little twist and a little turn there. Gives some Harley Quinn moments, so- Yeah. I think that's why they did it. This guy's name is Sylvia, Sylvia, yeah? Sylvia Luna, yeah. Sylvia. So, I I call him Mateo all through my notes, but Sylvia- Sylvia. uh, Sylvio. Sylvia. Sylvia is the feminine version of the name. (laughs) So, Sylvio gives a gown to Harley Quinn, which she she wears for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's true. We said that Harley Quinn would play along with uh, Sylvio, but kills him Mm -hmm. uh, when the situation arises, when she gets the opportunity to do so. Uh, we're we're a little bit incorrect there, and I'm sure you'll go into it. She kind of likes him at the start, but then yeah. sees red flags, and that's when she kills him. She gets yeah. cold feet, and she kills him. Look at that. Harley Quinn has character growth. She's yeah. learnt something from the previous movies. That's right. 
Um, I like that element. How we thought it was going to play out was that she's playing along with him to kill him. I guess you could argue that that was the case, but it seems like she likes him legitimately. Yeah. And then she realizes he's a bad dude, kills him. Uh, And she escapes herself by killing all the soldiers. That's all three Mm -hmm. points in total because everything there plays out as it does in the movie. Yep. We said that Team B comes to save her, but she's already out. This is something we see in the trailer. And this is going to be played for laughs. Two points there. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, because she already escapes of her own volition before they can rescue her. Yeah, that's where we said Rick Flag, uh, you know, is is present there, which we also mentioned Rick Flag is saved early on. Mm -hmm. We mentioned that they- we kind of jump back and forth in the in sort of the beginning of our plots. In the as is standard. Plots. As a standard. So, we talked about the assembling of Team B uh, will happen after Team A is dead. So, a point there. We see that later on. Not yeah, later yeah. on, but we see Team A die and then we see the assembly of Team B. Correct. Yeah. We said that Bloodsport is reluctant and refuses the offer to join the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which is why he's not a member of Team A. And they end up using his daughter against him. To force him to join. Yeah. Points there. We said that Team B is made up of essentially useless characters, except for Bloodsport, who is both competent and a leader. And he is a yeah. leader because they don't have Rick Flag. Rick Flag is part of Team Team A, which they're trying to save. Yeah. True. Points all around. For I would that. argue that Peacemaker is probably equally as competent, but uh, he's overconfident, which is his weakness. True. And Peacemaker is there because he's like- He's their inside man working for Waller. He's their inside man, yeah. Give us points because at this stage we say Rick Flag survives the initial onslaught and needs to be rescued by the Team mm-hmm. B. We thought he was actually held captive, and the movie also suggests he's held yeah. captive by some bad guys. Doesn't turn out to by be the rebels, case, yeah. but he is rescued in quotation marks by the Suicide Squad. That's what they. That's what they go with the intention of doing, and that's how he uh, rejoins their team. Joins joins Team B. Uh, once Rick Flag is rescued, we said that he will tell them that they need to save Harley Quinn and then find Starro. This happens in mm-hmm. that order in a cool scene where they change the plans with the smoke in the background. Yeah. I really like that. I like that all the way through the movie where they had like- The titles are a part of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was really kind of cool. And when it builds up to Suicide Squad versus Starro, I thought that was all really well yeah. done. So, two points there. We said that they find Starro and try to use the- or they, we said that once they sort of find Starro, they try to use the thinker to control him. Okay, this gets a little muddy here because yeah, yeah. it's technically true in a way. In a, in a longbow way, in it's a, true. In a longbow way. In an apple cider way. Yes. kind of yes, true. Yes, we said the thinker- Oof, that joke. The, th- <laughs> the thinker works for uh, Silvio, which is true. He's working for Silvio at the, this point in the movie. Yeah. In a, in a technicality. And well, Matteo, technically speaking. And Mateo, yeah, te- whatever. They're, they're the one character in our plots, so yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, right. Yeah. We said that Silvio's enemies are sent to Starro for persecution. So, you know, in a way, the thinker is working for Silvio slash Mateo. So, I give us points for that. Uh, the thinker is technically controlling Starro. We thought it was going to be telepathically, but it's just because he holds Starro in this facility. Technically right. Not he actually, does all these experiments on him too. Not 100% right, but technically right. So, it'll give us points there. Uh, we said that Starro's weakness is his center. Mm-hmm. They kill him by going into his eye, so it gives a point there. Yeah, and then they rip out his center from the inside. Exactly. So that's true. That is true. We said that the Suicide Squad would accidentally kill the Thinker, which would result in releasing Starro, because we thought the Thinker and Starro would have this telepathic connection. He's controlling Starro telepathically. Mm. So once Which thi- wasn't quite true. I know, I know. But once the Thinker is dead, then Starro is like, you know, he, the bonds are broken, since, you know, the Thinker is the only one who can control him. Technically, the Suicide Squad- are responsible for his death. Are responsible for his death yeah. and also blow up the facility, which releases Starro. Yes. So, I give us a point. It is a stretch. Yes. And you can go in- Another cider. You can Another go- apple cider uh, point here. Yeah. You can go into the aspects of that that we got wrong, but we we got some of that right. So, it gives a point. A point. I just realized that the apple cider is strongbow, not longbow. <laughs> so, my joke doesn't even work. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. We can go along. You can call me James Gunn over here. (laughs) Hit and miss jokes. But anyway. We're getting to the end here. We're getting to the end. We said that Silvio, we said Mateo, is going to be set up to be the bad guy, but Harley Quinn kills him halfway through the movie at their date scene. That's true. He is set up to be the bad guy. Harley Quinn does kill him halfway through the movie. I feel like you've already given us points for that point. We just discussed it again. So I just- You can't give us multiple points for the same point. Well, I give us a point because we did specify that it was going to be halfway through the movie, which it is. As long as it's more details no. yeah, and not the same point. It's not, it's not the same point. I just okay. say it because we discussed it at this point. But the point I'm giving us is that the fact it happens halfway through the movie. 
We said that the squad would fight Starro, who is destroying everything. Two points there. Mm-hmm. That is the case. We said that they use teamwork. Point yeah, there. That yeah, is yeah. the case. We said even the people with the useless powers, i.e. Ratcatcher 2, i.e. Polkadot Man, Man, have useful and bring something to the table. I give us a point there. They're very yeah. useful. We said that they go about attacking the center. I already sort of spoke about that earlier, but at this point in the movie, they do that. They go yeah, to the yeah. center. We said that uh, Polkadot Man would die- in the attack of Starro, we did mention he died before, but he does die at this point in the movie. Point yeah. there. We said that Peacemaker would die in the fight. Technically, he dies just before the fight. And we joked that he would die crumbling under the weight of a wrestling move. I thought it was funny to mention because there was a point in the movie where he almost died uh, by debris falling on him. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of funny how close that was. But he does die just before the fight, but not in the fight itself. Well, he doesn't die. He doesn't He's die. defeated. Technically. We think he dies in yes. the movie. Now, we speculated that the squad would turn against Peacemaker. Mm. Yeah, we did. The difference is, is that we thought that Peacemaker would go and kill the thinker. Because he thought it was the right thing to do. Which probably would have made more sense in the movie than what actually ended up happening or would have been a lot cleaner. So, in our movie, Peacemaker is like, the thinker is a bad guy. I need to kill him. And the Suicide yes. Squad is like, no, 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 don't. He's the only one who's controlling Starro. But because Peacemaker is such an extremist and such a black and white guy, or black and white, like, morality guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. he shoots the thinker. Everything gets destroyed. What actually happens is Rick Flagg steals the evidence that he's going to, you know, that can show- He's going to leak the evidence of America's involvement to the world. Yes. And Peacemaker's like, no, that will create non-peace. So I'm going to kill Rick Flagg. So he goes to kill Rick Flagg and and uh, and he does, does so. He, he does, does kill Rick Flagg, Flag. but dies in the process as well, or at least uh, Bloodsport comes out and kills him. So we're kind of on the right track. He there. tries to kill Ratcatcher too. Yes. The point I give us is pretty much. I'm going to just summarize it in Peacemaker. Turns against the Suicide Squad. Everyone turns against Peacemaker because he tries to kill somebody who he deems as an enemy of the state, which is correct if we look at it from that perspective. I'd count that as something we got correct as well. We said that Polkadot Man at the end would sacrifice himself for everyone and- he would remember the happy times of him dancing in the nightclub because that was the only time we could fit that scene in the movie. Yeah. It's funny because he's actually thinking of his mother at that stage. So, he's kind of thinking about, I don't know, good times in a way. Both, in both circumstances, he's thinking about his mother because he can't ever stop thinking about his mother. Which is such a weird point in the movie. Yeah. So, I give us a point because I argue that well, he, was he a does, sacrifice. He doesn't really sacrifice himself. He just happens to be killed by Starro right after doing something heroic. Yeah. So, in a way, it's a sacrifice because he's fighting- Because he could have just easily left, but he's fighting for the cause. So, his death, in a way, is a sacrifice. And he does a lot of damage to Starro. That's right, yeah. his polka dots. That's right. So, it's more played off as a surprise that he dies suddenly. Yes. But he has his moment in the sun, so I give us a point for Because he's like, I'm a superhero, and then <laughs> immediately gets squashed. What a character arc. Mm. Now, we said at the end of the movie, Bloodsport would end up with his daughter- who is, or or sort of reunite with his daughter, daughter in some capacity. What we mm. ended up saying is that his daughter would be cleared from all her legal crime troubles. Yes. Which is the case. So, give us a point for that. We- and she does watch him on TV. She watches uh, Bloodsport mm. on TV and goes, that's my dad. We're led to believe that the relationship is in a better place than at the start yeah. of the movie. When they were just screaming, fuck you at each other for ages. A lot. That was kind of funny, though. Yeah. A lot of the other stuff we said didn't play out, but that, I think, did play out enough to give us a point. So- Oh, that is everything we got right. Wow. That is pretty much the whole plot, the breakdown of everything we spoke about nearly. And with that, we got uh, 87 points. 87 points. I don't think we've ever done that well in a team-up episode before. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was crazy. How am I going to top that with what we got wrong? Sorry it was back and forth, but like we did go back and forth and I wanted to sort of- So, when I write my notes, I actually structure it in the order of the movie rather than going in the order of what we said because it just makes no sense if you listen to it in the order that we said. It's probably better doing it that way, but I kind of went with the order of how we said things in case people are listening to the episode and then listen to this. But hopefully it made enough sense, but yeah, we did pretty well. Yeah, we certainly did. It's as you said at the start, it was definitely a good day in the a good day fishing for us. Yes. And right. so to counterbalance that or to attempt to counterbalance that, let's cover everything that we got wrong, which was something that I did. So, we said and this is something we've already basically discussed. We've actually discussed almost all of these points in some regard yeah. already. Sorry, I didn't want to step on your foot there, but I think some things needed to be mentioned. Yeah. 
So, we said that Harley Quinn is basically the main character of the movie. Technically, no. She's in the movie, as we've already discussed, very little. She's probably the, the character in the Suicide Squad who probably features the least in the movie. Out of our main core group of characters, she is in the movie the least. She's got her own things going on and they use her fairly sparingly, which we said is a benefit to the movie. So, we said that Ratcatcher 2 will have a close relationship with Harley Quinn. It's not really the case at all. They don't really have a relationship at all. I don't even think they really meet. I don't think they have any dialogue together. No, they don't. So, yeah, that's not really correct. Uh, you were really insistent that the character of Blackguard, Pete Davidson's character, would use <laughs> drugs in the movie. He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know why you thought that was important to add as a character detail. Well, because Pete Davidson is synonymous with drug use. I tell you a what. A lot of his movies. It's like, it's like if Seth Rogen was cast in something, to say he's a pot smoker would yeah. be a safe guess. I tell you what. And I was about to say, I was going to say, why would I, like you insert like a detail from a, an actor's personal life into a character in a movie? But then I realized that in almost every other movie recently that I've seen him in, he plays a stoner. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, well, it is founded in it's, some It's way. like his character. It's like, why would you bring him into a movie if you didn't play on that sort of perception? Of well, him? they didn't. And it still worked. And they so. did. And I kind of thought that this was the kind of movie that they could make those jokes in, but- they didn't go in that direction. No, no, they saved it to, for much more uh, prestigious projects like Fast X, <laughs> where he has a cameo in that. So, we said that Bloodsport's daughter wouldn't be in trouble with the law, but instead is being held hostage by Amanda Waller. That's not the case at all. She yep. is in trouble with the law. I think she was doing some shoplifting and got caught. Didn't one of us say that? Yes. Yeah, you were really insistent that she should be in trouble with the law and uh, Amanda Waller and her team would help her out of that sort of legal trouble. But I was just like, well, it doesn't seem right for the character. I didn't understand the character. So, I was like, yep. didn't seem right for the character. So, it makes more sense that they're like keeping her here against her will and have offered to help her out while uh, her dad is in jail and she has no mother. Both are technically true, I guess. but In like, a way, yeah. The way we phrased it was just wrong and it was my fault. Yeah, fair. So, we mixed up the characters as we already discussed. We mixed up the characters or more so combined the characters together of Silvio Luna and Mateo Suarez. But aside from that, everything we said about them was correct. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really impact the movie. No, it doesn't. Really? It doesn't impact our plots versus the movie. We said that the B squad would be formed after the A squad were killed off. So, we thought this would happen a time afterwards. We didn't realise that the B-Squad and the A-Squad were formed simultaneously. Yeah, in, in sort of the the structure of the movie, it happens after, but in sort of the time frame. Yes, that's it right. It happens at the same time. That's right. So, we, we're we shown- see the formation after. We only see the B-Team after the A-Team is killed off. But it's shown to us that the, the B-Team is here at the same time. They're going in more covert than yeah. uh, overt- and then we're shown through flashback how that team came together. Yeah, and it's a surprise that there's another team. Correct, unless we've watched the trailers. We said that Starro wouldn't be revealed until the very end of the movie. He's actually revealed at the start. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite. We said that the Thinker would reveal Starro's weakness to the squad. He doesn't. It doesn't really help them out no. beyond giving them exposition. Uh, we said that the Suicide Squad will kill the Thinker by accident, as we already discussed. We, in fact, we said that Peacemaker would kill him. It's not the case. Starro is the one who kills him by ripping him to pieces once he gets his uh, his tentacles on him. His yeah. His fronds. Is that something starfish have? Sometimes. Oh, cool. Starro does, so. <laughs> I'm sure they did the research. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real, uh, it was a real alien starfish <laughs> that they based him on. Again, this is something we discussed. We said that Peacemaker will be killed by Amanda Waller by detonating his neck bomb and the Peacemaker TV series would end up being a prequel. In the actual movie, as we've already discussed, we're given the impression that he's killed by Bloodsport, but it turns out in the post credit scene that he's still alive, and that's when they set up for Peacemaker. And Peacemaker, of course, is a continuation and not a prequel. Yeah. So, we said that the Weasel would die. Again, we're led to believe that the Weasel died for the entire movie until the very end, when he, like, resuscitates himself and runs off onto the island. <laughs> but, yeah, it is technically wrong. He isn't dead. But we've discussed this again already. Now, we said, again, we've discussed this point. We said that the Polka Dot Man will kill himself in order to defeat Starro. He does not kill himself. He is killed while fighting Starro. Yeah. But it's not like a self-suicide. No. A self-suicide. Like, no. there's any other kind of suicide assisted, I suppose. But, yeah, it's not that either. We said that Bloodsport, at the end of the movie, we're already at the end of the movie. We said that Bloodsport <laughs> would be released from jail. He's not. We don't really find out. Again, we discussed this. We don't know how long his sentence is. So, while he had 10 years reduced, he might be in there for 40 years. Yeah. We don't know what happens to any of the Suicide Squad characters no. after this movie. No. Presumably, they go back to Belle Reve, yeah. but we just don't know. Now, we said that Harley Quinn, the movie would end with Harley Quinn escaping from jail. That doesn't happen yeah. at all. And that's everything we got wrong. Did that in less wow. than six minutes. Wow. So, it took 40 minutes to go through what we got right, <laughs> six minutes to go through what we got wrong, and we got a total of 16 points wrong. 
Okay, so it's pretty obvious how, how we did. So, what was it, 87 versus 16? 87 versus That's 16. quite a heavy ratio This there. might be our best joint episode we've I think it was. Done. I think this was the best joint prediction we've ever done. And um, we nailed this movie. I think the, the second closest we ever got was Bloodshot. Uh-huh. We did really well with Bloodshot. But not like this. But not this well. Not in the 80s versus 16. Yes, the nearly 80s. 90, nearly 90 points we got right. So, we've got a, an octogenarian versus a teenager here. <laughs> Yeah, almost in the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, this is easily the best, the best team-up yeah. prediction we've ever done. There was a point I thought we were going to crack 100, which hasn't been done in a joint no. episode. No, I thought we were going to have less than 10 <laughs> points incorrect <laughs> listening back to the episode, because there I was got- a long period where I wasn't writing things down yeah. listening back to the episode. I was so mad when I was listening back to the episode, I was like, fucking Kieran's got such an easy job. Yes. <laughs> I did say last week that uh, it was a Herculean task. No, two weeks ago I said that, but anyway- so, it may be the best plot prediction, the team-up plot prediction we've ever done, but was it one of the best movies that we've ever covered? Matty D, <laughs> what are your thoughts on The Suicide Squad? Look, I enjoyed it. I think it's everything this kind of movie needed to be. I mean, take three, if you want to count Birds of Prey. In yeah, there. I guess so. Take, took them three tries to get it right. It was sort of the movie that we were promised way back when they, mm. you know, introduced The Suicide Squad, the first- the. What's it actually called? Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. And so, 2016 Suicide yeah. Squad. It's kind of the movie we were promised there. So, it was kind of nice to see it fulfilled. I think they they nailed everything. I watched this movie with a bunch of guys and we all had a blast watching okay. it. We're all laughing. I wasn't invited. We're all cheering. Spur of the moment, Kieran. Okay. I, think, I think the invite got lost in the mail. It definitely, when I watched it the second time, I definitely like kind of had less of a good time. Mm. So I guess I can't like rate it so high, you know. But I yeah. think it was I think it was a fun ride. It's exactly what it needed to be and if you if you like this kind of movie, if you just want a lot of dumb fun, which is very rare these days for them to yeah. have like a dumb fun movie that actually works and is not a piece of shit, then this is the movie that you that you want. So watch would you up. recommend it to everybody? No, not everybody. I think the brutality in this movie would uh, would turn people away. I think yeah. the sense of humor in this movie is not for everybody. Yeah. But there's a certain uh, group of people that would like this movie and like this style of movie, and, and they definitely eat this sort of stuff up. And I think- If I, you're a 15-year-old boy and older- Yeah. With, uh, you know- It's a lot of machismo in this movie. Yes. But I don't think it's just for males. I could see a lot of, you know, it, like a lot of people- if you if you like if you like this kind of style if you like kind of like video game violent flashy over the top movie violence yeah then this is kind of your movie yeah yeah if, yeah, you, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff if you went into Army of the Dead expecting what they promised and were disappointed then go watch the yes. Suicide Squad oh yes you're so right in that point <laughs> there you go and so why do you think you liked it less the second time round. I think it just got old. I mean, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I watched it with somebody who didn't like it, actually. And they, oh, and they said they said it was like watching uh, one of like the scary movie movies. Like he was like, it's like a parody movie that doesn't realize it's a parody movie. And I was like, try to explain to him. I was like, I think they know what they're doing. Yes. It's James Gunn for Christ's sake. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I guess the initial, like when I first watched it, I was like, that was fantastic because everything was new. Second yeah. time around, I was kind of like, oh yeah, this was, this is okay. I'm just enjoying it. You know, just yeah. riding the wave, waiting for the cool moments. Yes. And then also the thing is- Waiting like, for uh, Bloodsport to be on screen is basically what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. When second time I Peacemaker watched it- sometimes. Yeah. Second time I watched it, the cringiness kind of seeped in there because mm, mm. I, I guess uh, the, you know, it, it wasn't my first time watching it. So, I guess like I could kind of see a lot of those things a lot yes. more. It became a lot more obvious. And every time it, the movie became like a, a music video. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's kind of like lame. But- they were few and far between those moments. Yeah. So, my opinions, I hate that we have the exact same opinion. I hated this movie, Matty D. Couldn't stand it. No, 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 no. I'm the exact same as you. So, I really liked this movie when I first watched it. So, I watched it when it first was released on video on demand. Believe it or not, I love I loved this story. It's probably not a great story. But, like, I was in the middle of cooking. I had something on the stove and I was watching the movie at the same time. Uh-huh. And I was really compromising my meal because I was so invested in what was <laughs> happening in the movie that I was, like, basically standing in the doorway looking at the TV. The oven's on fire and you're just, like, engrossed I'm like, in the movie. I'm like, there's every chance that the food may burn, but I really want to see what happens next. Yeah, you forgot to cut your crust. Off, so you're like, you're like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. a sandwich has crusts on it. <laughs> it was actually a really complicated dish that I was working on. Yeah, and peanut butter sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's two condiments on it. Oh jeez, get confused there. 
And, uh, and, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. You have to decide whether to slice it into small triangles or leave it as is. Don't, don't scare us. Anyway, yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, I was really compromising the, the dish on the stove to watch the right. movie, but I ended up really, really enjoying it. And I was like, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, and at the time I was like, that was easily one of the best movies we've covered on this podcast. But watching it, I ended up buying the movie. I own the movie and I've seen it a couple of times Which now. Which is a sign that you really like it if you buy it. Yeah. So, if I intend to watch it more than twice, my rule is if I watch a movie three times, then I'm going to watch it several more times. So, any movie I intend to watch a lot, I'll buy. So, I ended up buying this movie when it came out on DVD. I've seen it a few times now. But quite like you, my opinion of it sort of lessened on the second and third watching of it. And then the reason behind it is because none of the surprises, which are like really catch you off guard the first time you watch the movie, like impact you the same way as you do the initial viewing. So, it's not as like shocking. It's not as surprising uh, the second and third time around. So, once that element is gone, you're sort of anticipating it and it's not, like I said, it's not as exciting the second time around. Yeah. Also, I I didn't like all of the humor in the movie. Some of the jokes were really funny. Others, like, I didn't think landed that well. So, I was sort of hit and miss with the jokes. And so, some of it, yeah, I, I found a bit cringy the second time around, like quite like you said. So, I had the exact same experience as you this <laughs> week. Exactly the same. I even watched it with a different person. So, I watched it I watched it by myself the first time, but I watched it with someone else the second time. And the person who I watched it with didn't want to see the movie. They're like, yep. this is not my genre of movie. I don't want to see this movie. And I was just like, just give it a chance. You can walk out halfway through if you're not interested. We can always put something else on. But he ended up really having a good time with it and loving it. So, it works for a first time watch. Yeah. And okay, so, it's one yeah, of those movies. He was really uh, taken away with the movie. When we watched it, mm-hmm. um, probably didn't love the movie, but like was really impressed with what they did. He was actually laughing at the jokes. He was laughing with the movie. So, that's a good <laughs> that's sign. Good. That's that's good that it can be that fun. And look, I don't think anyone's going to walk away from this movie being like, that was the best movie ever made. No. It's just a fun popcorn movie. I'd say it's a good movie, not a great movie. Just like Hobbs and Shaw. It's, it's a fun. Gu- it's a good first time watch. If you haven't seen it, give it a first time watch. No obligation to watch it a second yeah. time. I mean, it wasn't bad the second time, right? It just wasn't as good as you remember. No, no. I still enjoyed it. I yeah, still had a good time with too. it. It's just not as good as the first time. Yeah. And I just want to add on as well. I think because I was watching this movie, I was like, why didn't I like it as much as I did the first time around? And I think you're right with a lot of the, a lot of the surprises and things. Yeah. The shock know, factor is gone. The shock factor is gone. And there's a lot of shocking moments in that movie. But also at the time that that movie was released, there wasn't a lot of movies out there. No. You know what I mean? I think we were very starved. So, as soon as there was something that was remotely good, I think we latched onto it. And also, we're coming at a time when we weren't allowed to do a lot of things. So, the fact that there was this beacon of somewhat joy was like, oh my God, this is great. Given, if you look at all the other superhero movies that we covered around the same time, they're all so samey. And this does something radically Different. different to all of those movies. So, it was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because not being able know, to leave the house also made true, this movie better. True. So, yeah, the fact that me, the non-superhero fan, ended up really enjoying this movie and added it to my collection really says something about the movie. Yeah. Or at least really says something about the movies that I like. And now you're using that uh, that DVD as a coaster. Yeah, I am. So, I'm never watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So, let's talk about Peacemaker. So, okay. of course, the follow-up to this movie, within a matter of months, really, it might have been six months later, we got Peacemaker, which uh, continued on the, the storyline from this movie. It followed on, obviously, with the character of Peacemaker, and he ended up having to redeem himself. He basically got saddled with, like, you remember all the people who worked alongside yeah. Amanda Waller? He was basically saddled with all the people who turned against her, and they had this basically, like, this little rogue unit that uh, they have to do, like, a really shit job. And then it turns out that they're drawn into another sort of world-ending scenario with another giant alien. And I watched that show because I enjoyed this movie so much. I was not expecting to uh, like the show because I'm like, well, it's a superhero TV show led by John Cena. And while I like the character Peacemaker in the movie, I can't see him leading a series. Ended up really liking the TV show as well. Yeah, I think it's worth saying he did such a good job in this movie. Yes. And I think he really- He had done movies previously, but I think this movie really showed him- Showed showed off his strengths. Because he's been a yeah. superstar ever since. That's like, right. He, he leveled up big time after this movie. Yeah, everyone's he's like, in Barbie. Yeah, true. <laughs> everyone's like, well, he can, do, he can do action, he can do comedy, but he's got this personality that Hollywood really loves right now. Yeah. So, this movie really did something for him. And he was even better in Peacemaker, I've got to say. The TV show Peacemaker really sort of gave him a chance to like show off his acting chops. And he did a great job in that show. And it's a funny show too, great soundtrack, great characters. So, if, again, if you like this movie, go out and watch Peacemaker. It's not very long. I think it's only 10 episodes long. 
But yeah, it was a good time as well and very much followed the vibe of this movie. Was it better than The Suicide Squad? It wasn't better. I won't say it was better, but it was just as good in its own way. Cool. It's very, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same, but it's, it, no, I wouldn't say it's entirely different, but it's different it's enough style. to stand out, but it's similar enough again to feel like it's all part of the same piece. Nice. So yeah, I'd recommend Peacemaker as well if you haven't seen that. I know you haven't seen it, Matty D. No. But it's definitely worth watching if you like this movie. So, yeah, cool. I think that's everything we need to say about uh, Peacemaker. That's pretty glowing, I think, for this for this show. Peacemaker. I mean, The Suicide Squad. We also talked about Peacemaker. But, yeah, The Suicide Squad, that's everything we really needed to say about it. It's glowing for this show, as yes. you just said. Since we, we watch a lot of movies that are just fine in this show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, to have something that was enjoyable. Or bad. <laughs> or bad. Yes. So, yeah, what do you, the dear listener, think of The Suicide Squad? Did you see it? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What did you like about it? What did you hate about it? There's several places you can let us know your thoughts. Uh, did you watch Peacemaker as well? Which did you prefer, Peacemaker or this? Or did you like them both in different ways? Did you hate them both in the same way? <laughs> you can let us know on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us an email if you're into that sort of stuff at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Potentialspoilerspod is all one word. Or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site if you have a Podbean account. If you want to create an account, do that. Yeah, well, if you have one already. Yeah. I, don't want to, I don't want people to go out of their way. <laughs> it's much easier to contact in- What are you doing, Podbean? It's much easier to contact us in other, in other forms. So, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. <sighs> I am so relieved, Matty D. You are? I am so relieved because this is going to be the last- After your, all your hard work this episode? No, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah. So, this is going to be the last movie that we cover as it's coming to cinemas. So, we're going to be recording the, the now next plot prediction. It's going to be, the episode's going to be released right as the movie comes out. This is the last time we're going to be doing that. Ah. Because this is the last of the big summer releases. We're finally going to get ahead of the schedule again <laughs> and have some breathing room. Great. And you're going to be excited, Matty D. You're going to be very excited. Am I? Because we're going into a franchise that we've referenced countless times on this show, but have never, ever covered a movie in it. Because next week, we're going to the world of Jason Statham <laughs> as we talk about the Meg 2. Oh, no. The Trench. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've been excited to talk about a Meg movie for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, have you seen the trailers for this movie? No, I Oh, my God. <laughs> is it? Is it? You will not believe what you're seeing. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. I thought the first movie was wacky. They are going out on, like, they, they are going out on a million limbs. They're dialing it up to 12 in this one. I, I cannot believe what I'm seeing in these trailers. <laughs> and we're doing separate plots, so I can't wait to see what we each come up with. Because this movie looks fucking nuts. <laughs> I can't believe we're covering it either. We're going to have to break out our, our tired old Jason Statham impressions. We're going to actually be able to so say- so good. We need to like work, work on them, right? Because in every other episode when we've talked about Jason Statham, we're, he's, he's always going to Meg. <laughs> so, we may actually hear him say it in this there movie. There was a character called Megan in one of the movies. Yeah. Recently, <laughs> <Yes>. Meg. <laughs> so, I can't wait to go into the world of the Meg. Oh, dear. And discuss the Meg 2, the trench next week. So- it's called The Trench? Yeah. Between now and then, if you have any theories of what you think is going to happen in the Meg 2, The Trench, as in the Mariana Trench, Matty That D. makes sense. I've, I've just clicked that. <laughs> you thought it was like a World War II trench. Yeah, World fighting. War I trench. They're fighting. Going to fight the Meg with mustard gas. <laughs> Nothing would surprise me, man. They're, they're on the other side of the trench with like helmets the sharks are, and all these Jason Stathams are fighting them. Yeah. Could be. Could be. If you have any theories of what you think is going to happen in this sequel, please let us know before then. And yeah, until next week. Until next week, we got to get a move on because our heads are going to explode. Mm. Has anyone got eyes or ears on any more? They killed Milton! Milton was still with us? Where did you think he was? I don't know. I thought he stayed back with the bus. What was Milton gonna do? He was helping us. Who's Milton? What? I don't remember any Milton. Fuck! He has been with us the whole time! Somebody named Milton has been with us the whole time? Yes! I don't think so. I think I would have noticed if a guy named Milton's been with us. It's, It's not a very common name. I don't think I've ever even met Milton. Are you messing around right now? She was a really nice guy, and he sacrificed himself to help us. And now look at him. He's dead. Oh, that guy, Milton. Milton. 